0: You ran a marathon 4 months after a stroke?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay, I know. go
0: on. You have my attention. <laughs> I know. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Seiko Rice. No, Seiku was on a healthy path of living. He stopped drinking, he was eating healthy, running every day when a sudden stroke just completely changed his life. Now his recovery consisted of not only learning how to walk and talk and do everything again, but also remembering family members and also remembering the person he was before the stroke. He had relearn everything. Seiko, though, he managed to turn his recovery into a message of inspiration for others overcoming pain and adversities. Check out Sekou. Good morning, sir. Good morning. (laughs) I have here with me uh, Sekou. Sekou writes. Uh, Now, where's that from?
2: I was named after the president of Guinea. His name was Ahmed Sekou Toure. So anybody you hear who's been named Sekou, Ahmed, Tore, you're <laughs> all named that the same guy.
0: Like a special person, right?
2: Yeah, he was a big deal.
0: I was just I was just kind of like kind of interested in how your how you came up or what your influence were, like your parents, like they named you after your your name means wise and educated. <laughs> so <laughs> so it just tells a lot of the type of parents you grew up with. What were they like?
2: Well, so funny thing, I used to interpret my name as wise, intelligent, like you just did. That's why I just discovered. That's why I defined it all these years. And just now, just in the pandemic, I found out that their definition that they were that they were chasing was warrior, strong warrior. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, they were <laughs> itching for that title. And so it's just become recently that I've I've been defining myself. I say as a warrior, like I've been, oh. been defining myself as a, as clever and smart and they've been calling me a warrior all this time. So I, now I feel like I'm, I'm catching up with that name in past sense. You know? Right.
0: <laughs> right. You're like, wait, I, I was, I was, I was growing up. I was making myself smart all this. These time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has started me thinking about how do I define my warriorness. Right. Because I'm thinking of things as smart, but then I was thinking, oh, wait, now if I think about it this way that that could be an expression of a warrior that could be an expressing right. who, who was standing for himself. And so that has made me feel much more confident calling myself a warrior. This is not something I'm just in the past, what, four years, three or four years, right. i call myself a warrior and, and and feeling good about how it looks on me. But I had to get there first.
0: Right, and it's yeah. very cunning. Part of a lo- uh, warrior is a cunning, yeah. intelligent person. You yeah. never yeah. think of that, but that that takes a lot of strategic ability, to win battles. Um. So th- the reason I'm talking to Seku today is Seku has this amazing sort of your your goal, your your, your uh raison d'être. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> All right,
0: <laughs> be your own hero. You created this whole sort of um. Way of being of be your own hero. Tell us about that. Was that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I've got my own show that I call the Be Your Own Hero Show, mm-hmm. and that is one of many things that just evolved, evolved out of this this hero movement. And so, running is how it really started. I really started running, and that developed into so many different things. It. I mean the list is endless like there's there's hero shirts hero hoodies there's oh and and that by the way developed <laughs> what became the hero show because mm. I was producing a show and I was talking about my stuff her stuff right and mm. then that evolved to me giving people updates on the the hoodies because the hoodies are or to be given to the unhoused. So the way it works is, you would buy a hoodie for yourself as hero, right? Yeah. I would buy another hoodie from the same set of of, of money being paid. I'd buy a second hoodie and go give that to the unhoused. And so people want to know like, who have, I, who have I helped? Who have I been, you know, where am I? And so I would talk about what's going on with the hoodie. And that little segment of her show became its own show. It became a 15 minute show, then became a half hour show, then became its own show. And now, pinch me, I don't believe this is happening, but now that show is about money. It's about, you know, like what you do with money. And I, like you couldn't have told me that I knew anything about money because prior to the pandemic, I knew nothing about money. But now, yeah. now because of the pandemic, because of the show, I've been studying and because I've been studying, I now know a little bit about money, which I'm sharing with the people who who watch the show.
0: So let me see if I get this straight, just so I can clear it up in my head. This hero movement you sort of started, which is a show, they buy a hoodie and then you buy a hoodie, right? To match them? So
2: so it's a, a buy one, get one. Buy one, get one. So you spend your money, you spend Whatever amount it was, I think it was 60 bucks. You right. you buy your hoodie. And then mm-hmm. with the up uh, with the rest of the money, I would go buy another hoodie. And then I would go out and in, into these um encampments and in, involve myself with the, the unhoused people and, mm-hmm. and and give them hoodies. And it was really grateful because I saw somebody walking with a hoodie on just recently. Like it's been like years now, right? So right. I just, just recently I was driving now. She was like, oh my goodness. There's a guy walking around wearing my hoodies. And so oh, anything wow. that I can do to help them make themselves more comfortable, may h- help them feel resonant, and also wear the, wear the word, uh, the word hero. Because as I have moved through town, people have called me hero who don't know me. Just looking wow. at what was it I got on my chest. Like, yeah, hey, hero. And I'm like, oh, this is happening to them. This is happening to them and raising their spirits in that small way.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So this, this shirt, I was going to ask about what's on the sweatshirt, the hero inside you.
2: Because hero is an acronym, and it means helping everyone reaps optimism. And then the person who's short-moving came over their own high emotion radiates overflow. And more and more people started making up their own. Oh, wow. And helping everyone reaps optimism. And people have been making up their own their own um abbreviations for what they stand for. Wow. That's been really great for me because I'm like, what? It's you means what to you? Wow, isn't that great?
0: So yeah. So, so it's like spreading, like, like I said before, like you've you've created a movement.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible because it started off with just the hoodies and then it came into different colors, and then hoodies and t-shirts, and then other shirts, like this is 409, and 409 is significant to me because 409 is the exact number of days that I was running every day. Every day for 409 days before the stroke came in and took me. And so that's a very significant day for me. Like, I I wear this when, you know, when I can't, when when I'm not feeling it. Because now, I'm on day 162 of my second one street. I did 409, got taken out by a stroke by, like, you know, months, and now I'm trying it again. It took me a long time of trying it again, trying it again, trying it again, and now I'm I'm doing it. But um, but you know, I'm I'm trying to do it at the lesser level that I was before. Up until the pandemic, I was not a runner, so to be doing this every day, every day, opened up a whole new world to me.
0: Around the pandemic time is when you started, right? yeah what initiated the running
2: because i was going through a breakup Mm. so i saw in that way i saw this ad on facebook black men run i was like i'm a Uh black man i'm running
0: black men run
2: black men run and what i found out in the meantime is black men run is a huge international organization like they got black men run tokyo they got black men run everywhere Tasmania? Tasmania? (coughs) Tasmania, yeah, yeah. Tasmania, yeah. All over. You got chapters in Boston? You got chapters in everywhere? It's it's a huge organization.
0: Well, I've been black in Boston. You need to run as a black man.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Wow. You went through a breakup, and that's like what you used to try to help you get over it? Yeah,
2: so I was doing everything, and then I met... One brother from Black Men Run was talking about, he was on his his run streak. And I was like, I'm sorry, a run streak? What do you mean by that? Like, yeah, run streak. You know, I run every day. I was like, every day for how long? It's like, for a mile. Like, every day for a mile? You run every day for a I, I could not get over it. Every mm-hmm. day for a mile. Then I was like, well, how many days are you on? He's like, oh, like 900. I was like, uh-huh. 900? 900. (laughs) He was just like, yeah, just mad casual. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it. And so because of him, I decided to try it and try to make it 30 days and make it 30 miles, like one mile per day for 30 miles. And that was my whole goal. And that is the run that turned into 409 days. And then that's when someone offered me money towards any miles that I was able to complete during the month of July. And so because they started giving money, I started giving that money away to different charities, different people who who needed it for for the unhoused. And so that became my 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 movement that that culminated with uh the Guinness World Records um last year, November.
0: The Guinness World Records, tell me about that.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> I ran my first marathon. Let's start with that. Let's start with that. I ran my first marathon four months after my first and only stroke. Everyone told me not to do it. Now, think about it. Let it Will go.
0: You ran a marathon four months after a stroke?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. Go
0: on. You have my attention. <laughs> I
2: know. I know. <laughs> and so, everyone, I want to tell you, everyone told me not to do it. And
0: what? And- Even the doctors?
2: Yeah, well, there was one, <laughs> there was one where my mom took me to see this doctor and she was like, you know, what's up, doc? Because he's trying, this, this boy trying to run a marathon. And I had it so fixed in my mind that I wasn't going to ask the doctor I, because I had it fixed. I was going to do it. But she mm-hmm. asked the, the doctor and doctor said, yeah, well, he could walk it. He could walk it. He could walk it. as long as, you know, he doesn't do anything strenuous, do anything crazy. He could walk it. And so that was all she needed for her to have that okay. Now, mind you, I did not walk it. <laughs> I walked some of it, but I ran a lot of it. You know, once you were there, once you were in it, like it it was easier to run it. But in order to make sure, in order to make sure that I was gonna cross that finish line, I had to have something giving me, giving me momentum. And for me, that was trying to compete for the Guinness World Records and my goal was to raise $30,000 for a nonprofit in the course in the distance of a marathon. And the the goal when it was was 25,000, I think. And so my goal was to, you know, was to get there. Get there, get there because if I don't get there, then anybody who's ever donated during this race, their money will will not be counted. I knew I knew I had to have something pulling me forward because I had all these voices, all these voices telling me I couldn't do it. All these voices out of love was telling me, "Come on, come on, Safeway. don't don't do this, don't do this. Sit, this. sit this one out." And all these people, and I just had to have something that would would give me fight, give me let me be a warrior, let me be a warrior for these people.
0: Right, right, yeah, that's definitely a warrior move right there. And that's interesting because you also had to strategize and how to do it. So you'd had to use the well, wisdom. You're you're really reshaping what a warrior is in, in my mind.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I found out there are people that will will run along and help you. Like they will help you run the marathon. There's these people that have volunteered to do that for people who have situations like mine. I tried to keep my 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 eyes on one to kind mm-hmm. of keep my pace with that person just to know. But just knowing that there were people out there helping people like me who might get stuck was a great, great benefit to me. Just just knowing that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So how did you do uh, as far as Guinness Book? Yeah.
2: yeah, I did. Uh, I did six hours and fifty seven minutes. I think I did. Um, six. So I I cracked the the seven hour cloud. I, I, I cracked that. And I understand that that was good. I was like, was it? Because I was walking a lot. I was run. i to walk. i run. i walk. And really, really, I started. I started walking. Let me be clear. I started walking because I was getting text messages from people who were watching the counter go up. They're like, "Yo, well, you got to slow down because the, the counter's going up high." And I was like, "Oh man, all right, let me slow down a little bit." And so I kept it kind of slow because i wanted to leave space for the artists we ended up raising fifteen thousand dollars or fourteen thousand dollars
0: so so the counter is like how much money uh longer you're in the race it's like the more money that was being right. raised so so if right. you finished it too quick
2: yes that's it yeah. that's
0: amazing so you had to slow down to so that people can People can catch up but the money.
2: Yeah. Meanwhile, it was t- it was terrible trying to slow it down. So this is one other thing that people who don't run will find it hard to understand. But when you run for a long distance, your body gets in some kind of flow of movement mm. at a certain, certain pace. And then when you slow it down, your body's like, yo, what we doing? <laughs> what we doing? Right. Let's go. Yeah. And so walking, walking for me became very, very, very difficult. It became very, very difficult,
0: oh yeah. wow. So not only are you running a marathon four months after you've had a stroke, four months after stroke, you're running a marathon, right? and you were too fast, so you yeah. had to slow down,
2: yeah, man, yeah, man yeah it was it was a very weird experience it, and and because of the timing of it, the mm-hmm. four four months because I completely lost my mind. In other words, I, I woke up with amnesia. I didn't know who my mom was, didn't know who my friends were, didn't know who these people were that were assembling around me. But uh, I'm sorry, man, my my, my um aphasia. Was is uh, that what my, my word?
0: Yes, 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 I understand. But you know what? Let me let just so I just so I like let people know what's happened. I I'm I'm working backwards, so let's start from uh, what happened to you. Like you, you started running uh, during the pandemic, and then and in the middle of your whole fitness and workout stuff, you had a stroke.
2: Yes, so uh-huh. I started my my run streak. It was supposed to be sixty days, thirty days. 30 miles of of June. You know, I got up to 490, 409 days. And I was thinking, let me try to make it to 500. That's when my goal was. i will try to make it to 500. That'd be a nice round number. I cut it off. But then, on day 409, it seemed like a normal day. Like I have re-watched my watched my 409 run report. I do a little run report where I record what just happened at the end of my run. You know, just a quick thing for like uh, Instagram and TikTok and those things. My report for 409 seems normal. And later that day, I had to help these children graduate. I was working at Fisk University, and so my job was, you know, to give them the uh, the, fest- the festival of a lifetime. Like where are it's me and the and the the director of the program in front of all the parents halfway through the the festival. I started noticing something weird. I started noticing that I couldn't do what I set out to do. Like, like for example, I, there was a program and I wanted to see how far we had to go in program. And the program was in my hand and I dropped it and I reached for it and I couldn't reach the program. Okay, what is that? Like, it's right there at your feet. You can't reach it, right? And, and I couldn't get it. I kept reaching, I couldn't get it. And that was happening. And then, and then um, Professor P she told me that there was a there was water next to me. I was sitting on the windshield. Yeah, window sill, Thank you. Mm-hmm. So water had spilled next to me and was spilling all over me, and I wasn't reacting to it. Like I don't even remember this at all. But she told me that she saw the the water spilled next to me and was filling all around me, and all I remember is th- thinking, I need to get some air. I need to get some air, and I stood up. To pivot, and and that's all I could do as far as I could make it. I started to pivot, and then I was like, "Uh oh, I'm not gonna make it." And then I fell. I I felt like I couldn't help myself from falling. And then I ha- I felt hands behind me. I felt hands behind me and hands, you know, all around me. And then people were yelling like, "You know what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong?" And then that was it. Lights out. Lights out. You passed. Then, yeah passed out. And and that was it. That was it. You know, next thing I knew, I was in the hospital bed and and still dealing with the, the things that were affecting me then, now. I'm still affected by them now. I'm still dealing with them now. And people think that because I can talk, because I could not talk. I could not talk at all.
0: So you woke up how many days later, like from that moment? I don't know. I
2: think, I think a month, my date was July 14th. And I don't know how much later after that, because my, my awareness was small. My scope of awareness was to pop open for a little bit. And it would close up, pop open mm-hmm. for a little bit, close up. So I I would see, you know, people and then I would close up and then I'd pop open. and I'd see, you know, um, I'd see that I was in one hospital, then I was in. I see, could see that I was in a different hospital. You know, I saw different things like that.
0: You're in and out of consciousness scope. Yes. Wow. Yeah. For like a over like a month or so, right?
2: I think more than that, to be honest with you, because my awareness of who people are, who people were, was the <laughs> slowest to come. Like people were coming to spend their time around me, but I didn't know who they were. I didn't know who this woman that seemed like a mother elite person was. She was my mom. I didn't know who this guy who was my friend was, who was my friend from college. Like I didn't know who these people were. And it took me the longest time before I recognized those people. And then I started calling them by the wrong names. Like everything in my head is screwy. And, and I say it's still screwy because it's still, Still screwy, and they call it aphasia, which is a language disorder that that affects people's ability to communicate. But that's what it is. Like there's still things loose in my in my skull, like a little bit weird, you know?
0: Right, right, right. Your your point of reference and all that stuff. You have to relearn all that stuff, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And and people and people will will forget. You know, people will forget because. I can communicate as as well as I can communicate via this show, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: but because of that, they will think that there's something else that they got to take for granted that I can do. And now I'm like, no, nah, I can't. I can't do that. Things that were easy for me, like like let's say cell phone usage, like cell phone usage. Like yeah. have, when I got my cell phone back, I just stared at it like it was a like it was a snake or something. And I'll see it ringing and I would be scared to answer that. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine like being yourself now and being scared to answer your phone? Like, I was really scared of it. And so that type of of learning, it's like, a, it's like being in a child's mindset again, being a full grown person, being in a child sized mind and trying to get the two to match up.
0: Right, right, right. So how are you now? How much have you adjusted because, you're right. Like, you like the assumption is like you sound like a college professor. So, so, we just thank
2: you, man. Thank you, man. I was actually, I was actually going to, I was actually trying on purpose to talk slow, to, to because I still, as of today, I still have to select words and match them, and so I feel like. I feel like I don't know what I'm saying right now, but I, I'm glad to hear you say that I sound like a college professor. Like, like something I'm saying matches up with something else I'm saying. You know, yeah. because because I feel like, oh man, I don't know how 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 well it's going. So I so I'll tell you that it's going it's going much more difficult than I would think, because you would expect that, like this this point, like everything would be back normal, and mm. it's not. It's not. And the things that that are invisible are the things that are going the slowest. Like, someone will say, I'm just going to, I'll just email you the link. Right? Easy. Easy. Right. And I'm like, oh, shoot, email me the link. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where does, where does the link go? Where does the link go? And I got to think about it. Where does the link go? And mm-hmm. even now, my email is jacked up because I can't figure out how to unjack it up from, from GoDaddy. Like, like right after I went dark, GoDaddy changed something. And I, I still haven't figured it out. It's like it's 10 and a half months, right? And so so there's so many things that that are, are
0: uh we take for granted, you mean? Yes,
2: yes. So things that people take for granted, but things that that I need explanations for. You think would be the easiest thing, the easiest mm-hmm. things, but but I just don't understand them. I just don't understand them. You know?
0: Yes, because it's like it's a process of uh, rebuilding back your association with things.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And my memories, my memories are still being constructed. Imagine that. Imagine, mm-hmm. imagine being X number of years old and then having to rebuild memories like just just yesterday we were talking about something me and Pete king were talking about something and then I was like huh I remember that now but I hadn't had any memory of it until she brought it up like right. so it was about a about a a podcast and I was like oh, I remember that I remember. and then I talked about it and we opened this whole portal of knowledge right but but it wasn't there until we spoke about it Oh you
0: know? uh, yeah, so all your old memories are like new memories.
2: Yeah, we're yeah. rediscovering and then, them. Yes, yes, I'm rediscovering them, and, and sometimes people give me too much of one situation. They'd be like, "Yeah, and this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened," and I'm just like, "Cause it's like opening too many, too many filters at once." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay, right. stop," because it's like too much information, and and so that's. That's troubling too because people expect you to access memories. A way we all access memories. You remember that. You remember we did that. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) And and it's kind of overloading me coming in all at once. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running has a way. Running is kind of meditative. Yeah. So how does your uh, synapses and how does the process work as far as your thinking when you run? Yeah,
2: that's a great question. And I don't know if I can answer it. <laughs> I don't know if I can answer it. What has happened is that I decided that I wanted to to do a run streak again because I had to learn I had to learn that I had previously done a run streak of four hundred nine days. Now I, I phrased it that way because I did not know that I had previously done a run streak of four hundred nine days. I was like, "What I did? What I did that?" I'm like, yeah, you did that. I was like, I did that. You know, and so, so I had to learn that. And then I was like, well, let me try to do it again. And then once I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> this, this is crazy. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta let this go. Because I had to learn again. I had to learn again the the, the spaces in my brain, the spaces in my movements, spaces within me, how they show up and how they work themselves out had to learn that again because they were in that part of my memory that that shunned it away right so I gotta relearn it and then when I got there I was like oh wow this is great but Mm -hmm. but it's hard work still to get yourself off the sofa to get out the store and go out there and do it even though I know now that it'll make me feel better I know right but I gotta get out there and come on kick myself to, to do so it.
0: you had to relearn tenacity
2: yes yes the tenacity
0: that got you to do it in the first place you're like I I had that kind of tenacity well shoot. yeah. let me try it again
2: yeah and that applies to everything like people don't understand that I did not remember that I had a show no I had a show for for years because of years of the the, the pandemic right
1: pandemic. Mm-hmm.
2: But I did not know. So I'm sitting around the house right after, you know, when I finally got out of the hospital, I'm sitting around the house and mom starts watching me on TV. And I was like, yo, what am I doing up there? And she was like, you got a show. And I was like, I got a show? I got a show? And so then I had to, like completely refigure my thoughts about, okay, I've got to be someone who has a show. I have to be somebody who can have a show. And so, that that was a hard, um, hard way to go, like to go from, uh, from nothing to be like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and do the show. And, you know, because I don't feel like I'm ready yet to do the show yet. And yet I'm doing it because, well, I was doing the show before. I must be able to do show now like that.
0: That's that's amazing because you're learning about who you are again from watching video footage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how that must feel.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's nuts.
1: It's nuts. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> Apparently, my him, my him, my previous seku, was very busy. Was very busy. He did so many things, and people come up to me like, "Oh, you remember when you did this and that and so so?" And I'm like. What? I did that? And so it was just amazing how many things I've done, how many things that I um, was capable of doing. And it's just made me kind of kind of shrink a little bit and having to step forward into all the different spaces that I occupied before has been a little bit daunting. <laughs> uh, little bit.
0: So you felt compelled to do it again because you're like, well, this is who I am? Or, or were you really interested in doing it?
2: Man... Honestly, honestly, I felt like I didn't want to do any of it. I didn't want to do any of it. I did not, I did not. But my producer, shout out to Reverend Melissa. our producer, she put me on on her show for the marathon, because that was four months in, you know, huge thing. I'm doing this thing. I'm running the marathon. So she had me on her show. And and then she was like, you know, you should do your show again. I'm like, what? I was like, no, nah, come on. It's like, yeah, you should do it again now. And I was like, nah, I can't do that. And she kept on doing it, and kept on doing it, and kept on doing it. And so finally, I was like, all right, I'll, I'm gonna go it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it just a little bit. And now I swear to you, I feel like, I feel like my show, mm-hmm. is a fraction of a sh- of the show there it was. It's a fraction of what I used to do before. Like if you go back to my pre stroke shows, you'll find so much information in one show. I'm like, yo, I, I I knew all those things. I pulled together all those things versus now where I'm like, I'm focused on one small aspect of it, right. And just trying to build myself back up to where I was before. You right. know? So I'm using this, you know, completely honestly, I'm using this to help me find my voice, to help me speak, to help me practice speaking because I'm on the show five days a week. So five days a week, I got to practice speaking. I got to practice speaking, I practice speaking. And so that helps me practice speaking because otherwise I just be laying laying in the bed doing nothing. And the, the two things that, that define me are one, I do this show every day and two i run every day and those those two things are the two things i know that i i can hold on to those two things
0: wow there you go that warrior strategizing
2: <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it
0: you are living up to that name man that's amazing can i ask though what the what type of stuff do you cover in your show what did you cover before and what are you covering now in the show
2: yeah so 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 bro my shows beforehand were like casually talking about five different ways of investing very quickly, like like anything, just like quickly, right? Now I'm focusing on one aspect of of using money, of mm-hmm. using money to help yourself with money. Now, mind you, this is new to me. This is new information to me. But what I'm what I've discovered is that that there are rules around money there are rules around wealth that i didn't know
1: mm-hmm. but
2: i'm learning now i'm like oh wow there are certain ways to do this there are certain ways to do this and that doesn't make they make them easy it doesn't make them doesn't make make them okay. easy but i can talk about how to do them and so so uh Fee King, for example she she used to use she used to watch the pre pre-show version and she said you know she watched it but then the new version She's actually taking steps based on a new version because I'm focusing on small things, small oh.
1: steps,
2: small steps. Just do this, just do this, just take 10% out, move over here and do that every day, every day, you know, just small steps about how to build wealth for your, for your lineage.
0: That's amazing. Cause you know, as you're talking, I'm realizing that everything you're saying is kind of really matches the model, the the template of running, mm. you know, taking one step at a time, moving forward. Cause, cause if you think about running a marathon, you will be like, Oh hell no, I ain't doing that. Right. But if you think like, just put one foot in front of the other, just you do steps at a time. It makes me more likely to do it. Does that make yeah. sense?
2: Yeah, that makes total sense. And I never thought of it before. So I thank you from pulling it together for me. But yeah, well, I'm I-
0: learning that from you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I appreciate it. I appreciate no, it. No,
0: because you're, because you, you, the, just to recap, you were running for, uh, you would change your whole health and your whole lifestyle. You were healthier. You said you stopped drinking and all this stuff. Uh, run every day and you lasted 100, and f- sorry, 409 days and then you had a stroke and you wear, and you wear that shirt. Now, four, nine is an important number. And the the time that you switched to becoming healthy, that's when you had the stroke.
2: I've heard that people have said this about me. No one said this directly to me. Well, if it happened to Ku and he was so healthy, it could happen to anybody. Mm. And I feel differently than that. I feel Mm -hmm. like what if my fitness enabled me to come out of this thing faster? Like maybe Mm -hmm. what if something had happened to me? What if? the stroke happened to me on the day it was supposed to happen to me but i wasn't supposed to walk away like there are you know this like fifth the fifth fifth group of people that are are dying because of having a stroke like so there are the real possibility that i don't walk away from a stroke alive right mm-hmm. but maybe because i was doing all that fitness stuff i could stand up and walk away that i can walk now and run despite their use of the wheelchair they put in my room right mm. i can i can bypass that that i can speak again right i can have a show again right i can do a marathon again right like i can do all these things because of the the the, the strategy the um what's it called
0: yeah uh, you said the strategy the the
2: yeah,
0: cuz you were your lifestyle because you were healthy enough yes. to recover from that exactly. that's a good way to look at it I didn't yeah that's it so you're so some people are saying oh wow he was so healthy and he had a stroke but you're saying because you were so healthy the stroke might have been inevitable yeah but because and, you were so healthy you recovered from it where you probably wouldn't have if you hadn't done all that stuff
2: exactly exactly one of my friends said that that what if this, this time of me running this was before the even the streak this was before four nine this is before that but mm-hmm. what, what he said what if you're working out every day to keep you from something else at the time I was like eh, whatever but now but now I'm like yeah yeah because I was able to build myself up and walk away from what they expected of me all the you know, down the downturns they expected me though oh he's going to be in this on uh, this car- corner of his his Boulevard of having struck them for X amount of t- days say like, oh he's he's past that already oh well this, well, well this next path is going to be this minute oh he's past that already like I keep I keep rebuilding faster than they expect me to rebuild and I I I gotta believe it's because of who I was before that
0: yeah yeah so you're exceeding expectations
2: exactly
0: as far as like, wow, that's amazing. This is crazy because uh, as you're saying this stuff, I realize that you're uh your whole uh, being able to to go for four or nine days and your recovery from the stroke is like there's a lesson in there for us as far as how to overcome obstacles. Mm. Also claiming who you are, because mm. that was sort of taken away from you through memory loss, right? So now you get to who you are as an invention, like who you get to invent who you are. Right. Not society, right. not anybody.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that I got I get to choose because of this weird stage mode. It's this weird bump of of my life, like everything's quiet, right? Like every once in a while somebody might reach out, but pretty much it's quiet, right? And it's giving me time to ascertain what things I did and what things I will continue to do. Because the me that was before, I mean, he was burning the candle, like he was doing a lot of things. And I feel like I'm trying to focus on one thing and push that through and Mm. see what that takes. and that that includes becoming an author which so so my my book that is it's released this month but what's it called um so this is this is one of the things where aphasia gets in my way let me get get my title right hack your pain now hack your pain now hack your pain hack your pain now and ironically I didn't write it now. Like if you've been paying attention, like everybody, like everybody, right? I start talking about this book and start thinking about, oh, you just wrote this. Like, no, no, I cannot, I don't have the the mental things to able to be able to write now, which is hard for a writer. It's hard. But I wrote this before this even happened. I wrote this during pandemic and I found it recently. I was like, yo, this is this is me. Oh, this is pretty good. And I just decided to re-release this book that I'd already written because this book has been helpful to me. To me, to help me get myself out of this, out of this
0: this phase. So you're blowing my mind right now. So So you wrote this pre-stroke. Yep. I wrote this
2: during the pandemic. During the pandemic. So just a couple of years ago, like just, just right now. I forgot about it, just like forgetting about the TV show got about it and then found it and then
0: I was oh, like oh wow so wait so you found a book that you wrote that's helping you so you wrote a book for future you
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and meanwhile when i was writing it i was writing it for other people
0: and you were going through all this pain which is which is the thing about strokes and it's not something that the uh, people get over fast uh, quickly, uh, apparently, right?
2: Right now, I'm, I'm experiencing right pain right now. like Right now. Right now, I'm experiencing pain. And mm. this is pain that has existed for me since, for, what, for 10 months, 10 and a half months. Like, can you imagine what that feels like every morning to wake up with pain and every morning you're thinking, all right, this will be the day. This will be the day. I won't find any pain today, but there it is there it is again. And so I've got to focus on my story and and get past my story. I believe that what I said before, that my ability to, to credit who I was, who I was becoming, that I, who I was able to be in terms of, in terms of not drinking, in terms of working out every day, in terms of all the things have made my My plot, my my stroke, much better than it would normally. I believe that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your lifestyle habits. Yes. And all the things you've. Well, I want to. It's it's hack your pain. I want to talk about your book for a second because I want people to get it.
2: (laughs) Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you. The book is hack your pain.
2: Hack your pain. Hack my pain now. Hack my
0: pain. pain. Yeah.
2: Yes, I hack my pain now. And the only thing that I added that I can add as as someone with a stroke who added, I added one word. I added now. <laughs> That's it. Hack your pain now. I added yeah. the now. That's it. All everything was written beforehand. Mm-hmm. And and so, yes, the the book is is an evil. It's available right now on Amazon. It's available already. But so people can order it, sekurights.com and it's go to charitable. And that's
0: runner. S-E-K-O-U w- and it's writes, W-R-I-T-E-S.
2: That's right. Um, sekurights.com.
0: What, what are you hoping people get out of this book?
2: I'm hoping that someone says that this is exactly what they needed. There's one person to say that this is exactly what they needed because the book is structured in a way that there's 10 commandments and the commandments are short. And the command is about hit you hard, hit you hard. Like this is what you need to do to get your life in gear, go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like really just just to get it and, and reframe their lives quickly. I'll, I'll be, that will be a great gift.
0: Yeah, it's funny because you talk about yourself pre-stroke as as if it was a different person altogether. Yeah, but you have that person, and you has some of the same goals apparently, or the same ambitions.
2: Yeah, like it's weird. It's weird discovering everything. So just to give you an example, I used to write. I used to test drive cars and write about them. And I'm like, what? Like, I used to test drive brand new cars and write about them, and and like that is an astounding career. Like, hold on one second. a second. Let me hold <laughs> on for a second and and see where that fits in. In you know, in the me, the me that's building now, under you know under the construction now, because I I don't I don't know how that how that fits.
0: Do you drive now? Are you able to drive and all that stuff?
2: Yeah, I, I have slowly been able to work my way. I wanna say this though, let me say, say, say something. So yes, I have been able to drive and yes, I can drive. That's it. I wanna say to people that the thing about my kind of stroke is I have to relearn how to do everything everything so the way i drive is different the way i brush my teeth is different the way i put on my clothes is different every single thing has been different because my body is moving in a different way and so so i've i've got to do things differently so i said i've been test driving cars all the time so my familiarity with cars was Snap it, you know, zipping, yes. you we know, cars, all that. Like, no, right now I'm very, very attentive, very, very cautious, very, very, you know, both hands on the wheel and like paying, paying attention to everything because I've got to keep more in my mindset than just just driving a car, like because I've got mm. more, you know, I've got more that that I've got to deal with, you know.
0: Yeah, you're more focused on the task at hand as opposed to where it's second nature, possibly might have been second nature before.
2: Yes, second nature before. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. Second nature before, but now I got to really focus on everything.
0: I understand that because now all your, as far as how you made a living was based on your, your, you know, using your mind and and all these things that the stroke has affected, right?
2: yeah
0: no yeah and you sound good
2: <laughs> again thank you for that but to me to me it doesn't feel that way at all <laughs> right. Right, right i appreciate you saying that i appreciate you saying that for sure
0: yeah i mean you're and thank you for doing the show and all that stuff and explaining. what would you what would you like to tell people based on what you've been through just you right now the best of your ability what would you like to tell people about situations like this or about life that you've learned or anything
2: pain is inevitable suffering is optional mm. because everything everybody is going to experience some pain it's, in, it's inevitable but choosing suffering is optional like you can choose to find some way to fight to to give to others, to do something with your pain, other than letting it consume you. Because I've had my days, man. I've had my days. Today, I was talking to you about it today, earlier today, yeah. where the pain is just taking over. The pain is just taking over. And I'm just like, you know. All right, let's let's go now. Let's let's dig deep. Let's go and use the running and use the writing and use use the the um the small things that we can use to fuel ourselves because otherwise otherwise that pain will just swallow you up whole and I could be I could easily see myself here the same amount of time I could easily see myself riding in a wheelchair I could easily see myself barely speaking I could easily see myself doing all the things that I saw my other patients doing like in, in the patient's next, next door. I, I could easily see myself and I got to fight every day to make sure that that's not me, you know? So pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional.
0: Wow. That's amazing.
2: And the doctors told me so many different things about what I could do, what I was going to do. So I had to tune tune that out because this is what man, Man, you're gonna come get me back on the on the on the block. But let me just say this, let me just say this. <laughs> See, cause what happens is you start recognizing people are who they are, right? Like, yeah, this person's a doctor, but he is who he, who he is, right? So you've got to make a demarcation between the two. Like, yeah, he's a doctor, but yeah, who he is as a person. Is going to shine through. Like, mm. like when he is giving you negativity, like that is part of his own personality. Like you've got to separate it one from the mm. other, because otherwise, you know, you're just gonna suck that up. So now I'm listening as a stroke key, right? And I'm hearing things that are for me, but I'm also hearing the 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 hearing aid, if you will, of other things. And I have had to be very close about dividing each. You know what I mean?
0: Wow, Yeah, that's an amazing lesson because you're basically telling me that you have to separate someone's knowledge from their personality and their temperament. Yes. Because the knowledge that they have as a doctor is one thing, but what seeps in, is their attitude and their disposition, which sometimes can be negative, positive, uplifting, yes. or yes. downdrotting.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. That's, that's
0: very important. important. That's part of the healing process, is you having, uh, an, having to have an a, amazing attitude or a positive outlook mm-hmm. in order to move towards solutions, mm-hmm. as opposed to pollution. <laughs> Sorry, I got carried away.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, I, I appreciate the way you framed it. Cause yeah, because that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, like and and it was only because of being introduced to people as a stroke member that it made me farm them out that way. Like mm-hmm. otherwise I'll just be accepting of of everything the doctors give me. But no, I've got to separate the doctors professional expertise from their personality and like that's that's a a beautiful lesson for you to learn if you can learn it like you gotta you gotta separate the two
0: yeah as far as especially for the healing process because you're superseding what people have expected of you and you wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't have your own version of how i'm deciding to heal
2: right right and 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 i'll just say that for me I needed my story to be bigger than my story. Mm. I needed my story about me to become bigger because I understood, like my mind was still buzzing, right? But I understood that people were having conversations about me. People Mm. who I didn't even know were hitting me up on Facebook. Like Mm. people from high school were calling me. Like all these people from all these... These bands of light from way back when were reaching out to me, but they're all reaching out with what happened. Like they're all reaching out with various versions of what happened. And I needed something else to give them. And my something else turned out to be the marathon. Like, oh, I wanted to change the course of their conversation. Like, oh, you heard so such and such say ha- who happened to say who he got strokes. Like, yeah, man, but I hear he's running a marathon, so he good. You know what I mean? Like that right. changed the conversation. And it worked because I ran into people in my mom's church who I didn't even know. Let me emphasize that, I did not even know. Did not even know, were coming up to me and talking about, oh, I was telling your mom not to let you run, but you did it, you ran, that's incredible. And I can tell how often that story went around to other people just by how she mm-hmm. told it to me. So, oh, so I changed the story. I changed the story. I elevated it up, and for better or for worse, I now have an elevated story. Because now it's great, but it kind of sucks too. Because because people are assuming that I'm healed, that I'm hundred percent, and I'm you know I'm pushing eighty some days. You know, some days I'm pushing fifty. Like you know, I'm still hurting, but I'm I'm further ahead than I would have been if I hadn't changed the story.
0: Wow, so that's really cool. Because you're telling me that. You know, because a lot of times when people do marathons and stuff like that, we think like they're just on top of the world. But you're basically telling me that you're still feeling the pain and you're still overcoming these things. But you're you're participating and you're moving forward anyway.
2: Yes. Yes. I felt I felt pain uh, about mile. I'd say six (laughs) out of 26 miles. Right. And I was like, oh, it's going to be rough. But thankfully, there were people that, who came out to support me, people who were yelling my name, some people who came out and walked with me for a little bit. Somebody came out and interviewed me um, about what I was doing. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I talked as best I could through that interview. For me, it was hard. It was hard work, for sure.
0: Well, it's like it's like a metaphor for life, you know, like you you get involved, you participate, you make the attempt. And along the way, there's people there to help you. Absolutely. You know, you will be surprised who comes out of the woodworks or the crowd in your case.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah. and help you get through. When you go through a stroke or something like that, like something like well, what you've gone through, what do you want to tell people as far as the best way to assist you? Or the best way to help? Because a lot of times people try to, like you said, try to repeat your story back to you. And that doesn't help.
2: Man, the best thing, best thing, the best thing is to ask why we're doing what we're doing. People assume. Like, and you used to assume, right? Mm. But for example, my hair was crazy. My hair was crazy. I, I mean, my Wolfman hair was all out here, all yeah. the difference, and my hair was connected. I didn't even know that I could have a goatee. I never had one before. I never let my hair grow that long before. I have one now, but because my hair was so big. And.
0: You like your beard?
2: Yeah, my goatee.
0: Right, 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 right. You said, but you said your hair. Oh, all yeah. Fine.
2: All everywhere.
0: Crazy everywhere. beard.
2: Crazy beard, everything. Yeah. yeah, go back and look at some of the early photos. Cause I I was I was feeling it. I was, you know, I was caught up.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the thing was, everyone wanted to tell me to cut my hair, right? Everybody wanted to tell me to cut my hair. But no one, no one asked me why I didn't cut my hair. Right? Because you just assume. You just assume, right? You know, it just, just hasn't got around to it. He hasn't thought about it yet. But if you ask me, if you ask me, I will tell you that the right-hand side of my body hurts. The right-hand side of my head hurts. And thus far, when I touch it like this, it hurts. And so I'm worried about the the, the pressure of the finger, the, the, the nails is gonna have on the side of my head. It's gonna uh, hurt. And so I'm trying to wait as long as I can. I'm touching every day, every day. It's touching every day. Which I'm waiting as long as I can before I get the, the razors. And the, the farthest I could wait was the day before the marathon. I had to get through it for the marathon. And it hurt. I, I told the dentist that the barber was happening. He said, all right, I'm, I'm trying to work with you. And it hurts, man. It hurt. When he put that the, the razors on the side of my head, oh, my God. Like, I, I just remember I was holding my seat. And just just grinding through it, grinding through it, and ever since then it gets maybe like one percent better. I got my hair cut yesterday. It still hurt. It still hurt, but it's like maybe one you know, percent better, you know, a little bit better. But but imagine if instead of trying to force me to get a haircut, you simply asked me, "Why don't you get a haircut?" And I would have told you all these things, all these things hey. about my 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 aphasia and how, how much it's affecting me. And you would, you know, but for, for for a thousand things, for a thousand things, I have to do everything different, literally everything different. And so if you ask me how, why I do that differently, I'll tell you because there's going to be a reason. I think the biggest thing that people can do that want to get involved is to ask, be willing to ask, why are you doing it this way? I noticed you do it this way. Why are you doing it that way?
1: You
0: know wow yeah that's a good lesson as far as how to help or how to assist people because especially since the aphasia you have but I would actually let people know that aphasia is like a uh, a disorder that affects how you communicate sometimes it can affect speech or how you write and so you're oh it to me it sounds to be honest to me you sound great like you sound like some teachers I've had. <laughs>
2: yeah, bro. I, I again I greatly appreciate what I said to myself at the beginning at the beginning. I was sitting there thinking, talk slow, talk slow, talk slow, to give myself enough time to find everything. And, and the process. You- yeah. It, yeah.
0: How was your personality? now as opposed to then is your personality are you the same personality as before or
2: uh i mean i mean you hit the muddle over here because my core personality is different than where who i was before and and my understanding of myself have has moved in phases right so I kept expecting to become him again, become this old, same old seiku again. But what's happening is, the further I get into my new shape, the more, the more different I appear to be, and it's it's very strange to me. It's it's very strange. It's it's like it's like there's somebody in the kitchen making up. A- making up the secous to play and to make it the same yeah. play that, like, oh you know what? I think we're gonna scratch everything. We're gonna make it, we're gonna make it completely different. And I'm like, wow, like I'm recognizing these things I've done before, but my current self doesn't doesn't really fixate on those things. Right. It's um, it's, it's like it's hard for you- me to explain.
0: No, no. It's, it sounds like you're saying like you're watching what your former self did, but you don't identify with everything. Yes, yes. And but you're identifying with other things as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a. I'm yes. I am certain things of myself. I'm I'm pulling out, and certain things. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But I don't know if I have time for. It. And there's other things I'm like, I don't know how I did that. I don't know if I could ever do that again. And you know,
0: yeah. And it sounds like it's not just a aphasia, it's the um like you literally reinventing yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah, and being surprised by what happens along the way. Like, oh, this is interesting. Let's see where this goes. All oh, right, mm-hmm. let's see where this goes. And I thought, now I'm I am an author times five or or six novels, right? So I've got he, he has lots of lots of books published, right? And so I thought when I clicked now, it would be the same thing. But no, and no, when I clicked publish, I felt all these feelings for the first time of oh, an author. And I felt it like for the first time, like even though. I must have had this experience before with these previous iterations. I don't feel that, but I feel it since then. I feel it since my stroke. I feel like, wow, I am really caught up in my authorship mode, and like I feel great, great about it. And so I'm, I'm feeling that, especially with this book, separate from those books. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's strange. It's like I, I feel, I, I feel like. Like this is the first time.
0: Wow, which is kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> I know it's I know it's a stroke, but it's, it sounds like it's kind of a cool feeling.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's great that this book is about other people. Is about helping other people because yeah. the other books of mine, I look at, and they aren't. They aren't really about helping other people. I mean, they're fine. I'm not knocking my books but but they're not of service in the same way because I feel like I, I I've got something that needs to be said out mm. there and and I hope that it will be helpful to somebody and I hope that that <laughs> that I'll be able to do that and not be constricted by you know being in a place where my mind can't Comprehend what I'm
0: supposed to be doing. You know what I mean. Due to what you've gone through, you've come back a little more stripped down. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. you focus more on service, and you're definitely uh uh your your life or your experience is a metaphor for a lot of things. You you getting up, taking one step at a time, running your recovery. It was based uh, attitude shifts. Your attitude shifts, and how you can um you know i mean move past what's been expected of you mm-hmm. what's or like what's been expected of us or what we expect of ourselves or what we want to create mm-hmm. you're creating you you're not mm-hmm. uh letting it you be created by society mm-hmm. and i think you going around doing the ted talks you could teach so many of us
2: yeah so so i i agree with you and and, and what i'm what i'm saying is like this me that I am now is different than the previous me, you know, and, and I got to, and I'm still figuring out where that's going to leave me. I need to stay positive and keep coming every day, keep coming every day and I can get it. I can make it. I can make it. I can make it even though I'm going to do so with the stroke and now my spam pace is much slower than it was when I did 409, i I'm still going to make it. I can make it towards my, Goals of my previous four nine self. I can get there. I get close.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's like that African proverb uh, that uh, how do you how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time?
2: One bite at a time. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You, Not that some... you
0: should eat elephants,
2: but
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think right. that's right. illegal, but yeah, you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. but well, yeah.
0: Seku the warrior. <laughs> Thank you so much for um for participating and, and and letting me interview and let me get your story out there. Oh, thanks,
2: uh, we got so much of the story out. We got a lot out.
0: Yeah, Seku writes. Thank you so much for um you know spreading your story, my brother.
2: Thanks so much for having me, man.
0: I appreciate <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> I did a lot of talking.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, he and check out Seku's uh website. It's Seku S-E-K-O-U-Rights, W-R-I-T-E-S dot com. That's his website. Check him out, support him. Uh and and thank you for being you. This is great, man. <laughs>